Um, well, I was riding my bicycle, and I had my hands right where they're supposed to be, right? I was pedaling away, and then came the big hill, and I was going too fast, and I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I just wanted to be like they are, you know, with their feet propped up and sitting chilling. So, you know, anyway, I, you all know I can't, um, I can't sit down or sit still whenever I'm speaking. So, good morning. Hi, my name is Matthew. I'm the student minister here. So, uh, Robin called me on Friday and said, I am not feeling well. I thought I would be over this. He is resting. He is getting the rest he needs. But he was like, I cannot speak on Sunday. So, I said, okay. Um, And so, here I am. (laughs) Congratulations, (laughs) I think. I don't know. Um, So, uh, this morning, uh, and, and whenever I come up to speak, I'm normally telling you a little bit about what the kids are learning on Sunday morning or Sunday night, and uh, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it a little differently. So on Sunday morning, we have started um, uh, kind of trying to read through the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, and we're trying to get through it by the end of the year. It may or may not happen. We're still at Genesis. So if that kind of tells you where we're at in our process. But as we have been studying Genesis, the, the four movements of Genesis, we have been kind of diving deep and studying uh, all of the different ways that they connect, as well as kind of reading slowly and talking about how do you study the Bible instead of just reading the Bible, but how do you study the Bible because it's a big book, and there's a lot in it. Um, and so we have been looking at, you know, what do you do when you come across a narrative? How do you look at a narrative and the way that the biblical scholars wrote the narrative versus a poem, versus kind of poetical discourse, which is like, you know, the New Testament? How do you come across those, and how do you read those differently than you would different parts of the Bible. So we're focusing in on how do you read the Bible as well as reading the Bible and trying to understand all the different connections that go along with it. And so this week we were looking at the story of Joseph. And as I was reading Joseph, I was even thinking earlier like, man, this really connects with the seasons things that we've been talking about uh, in church, right? We've been talking about the different seasons that everyone goes through, right? And, and we've been studying it through First Samuel. We've been looking at Hannah, right? Hannah uh, falling down to her, to her knees and saying, you know, and just crying out to God. And Eli seeing her, right? Seeing her in that season, and talking to her during that season. And then we got into Eli, and we got into Samuel, and talking about how God is with us in those seasons, and how he is for us in those seasons, and how that all connects to it. And so when I was looking at the story of Joseph this week, as we were, we were going to hit this, the, this last movement of Genesis with Joseph, I kept thinking, man, it connects a lot with how our seasons have been going, right? And, and I kept thinking about Joseph's life and how it really kind of revolves around the different seasons, even if we dare say the seasons of our life connected with the seasons that we go through uh, in nature, right? And so as we look at the stories in 1 Samuel, as we look at the stories in, in Joseph's life, we can kind of say, well, those are 
just like the stories that then we go through, right? The seasons that we go through. So we can almost instantly look at this, the stories of Joseph and of Samuel, and we can say, well, man, that's just like something that I'm going through. And, and honestly, this whole idea of like saying, that's just like, it's almost we could apply that to a lot of different things in the Bible, right? Like when we read different stories in the Bible, we can say, hmm, well, that's just like either something else in the Bible, or that's just like, man, what I'm going through, or what I went through, and God brought me through. And so when we think about seasons, when we think about them, we can say that this idea of, well, that's just like, that's just like what I'm going through. And as we look at all of these stories, we can see how God is faithful and how he is with us in every one of our seasons. So, Joseph. You guys may know the story of Joseph, right? A little bit, I hope. Um, I know it really well from a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yes? Where am I? Where am I? Amazing? Yes? You've seen it? Maybe? A couple of you? Okay, good. Um, we had a small production. I had a really small role in it when I was in high school. And so we would go to practice and they would sing those songs over and over and over again. You know how like songs get, then get stuck in your head, right? Anyone able to, to know the colors of the coat, right? You can almost sing it, right? It was red and yellow and green and brown. I'm the only one. Okay. It's, it's okay. It's still there after all these years. But I know it from that, that goofy musical, but it's, it's a really fun musical if you have never seen it. There you go. There's your spring break plans. But it's kind of amazing to watch the life of Joseph and to see how he works through each and every season. So as I'm speaking today, we're going to look at Joseph's life in season. So we're going to start like at summer and then talk about fall and talk about winter, and then talk about spring. And as we go through all of the different moments and all the different, well, seasons that Joseph goes through. So here we go. So the story of Joseph, right? So we have 17-year-old Joseph. He's a high school kid. I mean, let's just admit this. This is a high school kid. Put Joseph in perspective of a high school kid, right? And he is beloved of his father, like beyond degree, right? Like Jacob loves Joseph, right? Uh, more than any of his other brothers, right? All more than any of the other 11 brothers, Jacob loved Joseph, right? And, and we think about why. He's the firstborn of Rachel, his true love, the one that he worked for 14 years with Laman. Like he worked to get Rachel, and finally then he gets offspring of Rachel, and this is Joseph. And so he loves Joseph so much, right? So much that he gives him a coat of many colors, right? Or it says in the Bible, it says richly ornamented robe. And if you do want to follow along, I'm going to be in Genesis 37 for most of the, the time, 37 through 50, Genesis 37 through 50. If you do want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be at that beginning part, Genesis 37 through 50. We're going to, we're going to tell the story of Joseph, but if you do want to get your Bibles, that's where we are. Um, but he's given this richly ornamented, like, robe, right? And he, he throws it on his back, and, like, he's 
flaunting it around. He's like, whoa, look at this coat, right? And could you imagine like this kid, right? Like he's like, hey, y'all, look at my coat, right? He's like, yeah, I'm looking good in my coat. I should have wore a coat. Never mind. Anyway, so he's got this coat on, right? And he's like flaunting it around, right? And then like his brothers are like jealous of him, right? And to a point where they're like, okay, father's showing favoritism to him. And it makes them angry, right? It makes them really kind of angry. And to a point where we have to think to ourselves, well, this favoritism shown, as well as this whole brother situation, we've seen that before, right? Like, that's just like when we go back to the Cain and Abel story, right? And Cain and Abel, right, right where, where Cain has an offering and Abel has an offering and God favors Abel's offering, he does not favor Cain's offering. And so, so we can look back to that and be like, okay, well, there's a moment. We can also look back and say, okay, well, what about Abraham, right? Like we have, he favors Isaac over Ishmael, right? And then we can also even look at the situation of Jacob himself, right? Jacob was favored over Ish, Esau according to mom, right? Like we see all of these situations where these brothers and there's favoritism, right? And, you know, we've never, we've never been in a situation where we have been jealous of someone else's favoritism. No, we've never been like that, right? No, no, we have never been in a situation where a parent might show more favoritism to one versus the other, right? Hey, guys, as a dad, this is so hard, right? Some of you guys might relate as parents, might be like, yeah, it is so hard like, there's times that I do struggle showing favoritism to one versus the other. It's a hard thing, right? We've all been there. We can say we've been in Jacob's shoes. We can say we've been in, in Joseph's shoes. We've been in the brother's situations where it's so hard to not show that favoritism. But we can say, well, this right here, that's just like what I've got going on right now. So, so Joseph, right? So, so he has these two dreams, right? He's got one dream where he's got all these like hay sheaves, right? And they're bowing down to his. And then he's got this other dream where he's got like 11 stars and, and, and the sun and a moon and they're bowing down to him. And, you know, he has these dreams and he's like, I don't know what's going on here, but it seems like y'all are going to worship me or y'all are going to like bow down to me. And He's confused by it, but of course, what does he do? Well, what would a 17-year-old do who's favored by his father? What is he going to do? He's going to go tell his brothers about it, right? He's like, hey, I had this dream, right? And he goes and he tells them, right, to a point where they become, like, angry at him. They're like, what? This is not going to happen. This is, this is what kind of You can imagine the feelings that they're having about Joseph sharing this dream with them to a point that they want to kill him. Hmm. Again, we've seen that before. That's just like the story of Cain and Abel. We're seeing it replay again, right? Except Cain did kill Abel. Hopefully the story is different, right? So we see something different happening in this, right? We've never wanted to harm anyone, right? But, but so, so they take Joseph, right? They take Joseph and they're like, okay, fine, dreamer, right? And they throw him into a pit, they're like, we're going to throw you in a pit. 
Fine, and we're going to figure out what to do with you, but you're going to sit there and stay there in this pit while we figure out what we're going to do with you, right? And so, like, here we have Joseph, right? He was in this summertime season, right? Everything was going well for him, right? Almost in a way that he's like, he's got this coat, he's got his dad, right? He's, like, feeling good, and then things start to fall apart, right? I did that on purpose, right? So, like, we move into fall, and things start to go little off for him. They start to fall apart, right? His brothers, they are not liking what he has to say, right? And so they take him and they throw him down and things are not looking good for him. Like imagine being Joseph, right? Down in this pit and you are listening to your brothers deciding what to do with you, right? Hey, did anybody bring a knife, right? Like they're trying to decide what they're going to do to Joseph right now. Like, well, what do we do with him? I mean, uh, do we push him off a cliff, right? And they're like, well, what, what would dad, I mean, like, dad will probably know that he's gone, right? Like, how do we, like, get away with this, right? Like, like, like they're debating what to do, right? And so as they're debating it, here come some Ishmaelites, right, which would have been their uncles, right? So here come their uncles, and they're like, hey, let's sell him to them, and we'll make some money at least off of him, right? I mean, even Reuben was like, I don't know about this. Like, I want to try to save him later. You know, there's that whole moment. But we see them, him being sold and taken into Egypt, like, in chains, right? Like, like, he's being taken away from his whole life, right? And, and then the brother's like, well, we got we to gotta hide this somehow, right? We got to hide it. And so they take the coat, right, his, his great colorful coat, right? And they rip it, right? And then like they, they like shred it, right? And then they like, they take a goat, right? They kill a goat and take the, the hair from the goat, the blood from the goat, and they spread it all over this coat, right? And then they take it and they take it to Jacob and say, hey, we found this. Uh, we think Joseph's dead. And I think it's so interesting that they take it to Jacob, which was known as the deceiver, right? Then they try to deceive the deceiver, right? And how do they do it? With a skin of a goat, right? With the hair of a goat, right? Which is just like what Jacob did in order to get the blessing from Isaac when he was blind. That's just like that. I mean, I say that's just like us too, right? And we've never done anything to try to hide the sin that we have in our life, the sins that we do, the, the things that are, we do wrong. We've never tried to hide them away with something else. We've never done that, right? Right? Maybe, maybe that's just like us in a way. We can see ourselves in this story as well. Right? And so everything is just falling apart for Joseph. Everything's going wrong for him, right? He's being sold into, into basically sold into slavery. Now, y'all know like in that season time, right, it becomes fall and you like feel the chill in the air, right? And you start thinking about bonfires, right? And, and at the same time though, like then there's this like one week that it's like super warm, Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, and, and then like you, you like have this week where it's warm and there's like no cold and you're like, man, summer's coming back? What is happening here? Right? And then all of a sudden, like, boom, the next week, it'll be like 
super cold and maybe snow, right? Like, the, like I love the, the weather in this area, right? It's so wonderful, right? But there's that false really kind of like hope, like, oh, it's warm again, yay, right? I, I kind of think that's what happens here with the story of Joseph because he gets to Egypt and then like he gets sold to Potiphar. And, and Potiphar like looks at him and is like, okay, I can, I can deal with, with Joseph, right? In fact, it has this kind of like what I call a but God moment, right? And, and a but God moment is where but God is with Joseph or but God is with us. And so if we look at Genesis 39, 2, we see this moment, right? Okay, and it says, uh, in, in, in 39, 2, it says, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And so we, here we have this, like, things are falling apart for Joseph. Oh, it's getting worse, right? You know, pit, slavery, he's sold to someone. But then there's this, like, oh, but God found favor still. God's still with him in this moment. God's with him in that moment of being saved. And, and we have been in different types of seasons where things are going right, and then they're like start to fall apart, but then something good happens, right? These are the kinds of moments, right? And, and we even see like him going, doing well here, but even though God is with him, he's not where he needs to be yet. Winter's coming, and so and Potiphar's wife then kind of tricks him, and there's that whole moment with Potiphar's wife, and he then gets arrested and is thrown into prison. And so, so here we are, like, it's false fall, but then all of a sudden, boom, now he's in prison, lonely, broken. It's winter. It's a hard season for him. And he's in the depths of the prison. But God is with him. That's what's important here is, but God was with him. We see it go on in uh, Genesis 39, 21. It says, uh, but the, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So here we are. Even though he's in the pit, God is with him and showing favoritism to him. And so we see Joseph in kind of a really hard season, just trapped in jail, right? He can't go anywhere. He's, he's broken, down in, a, down in prison, right? But we know that winter doesn't always last forever. Eventually that season is going to change. And so as he's down there, he comes to kind of move into ranks, right? Eventually, like, the warden puts him in charge of other prisoners. And so there's this, there's this cupbearer and this chief baker that like come to, basically they, they get sent to prison too. And so they're down there. And while they're there, while Joseph is taking care of them, they have a dream. Hey, we have, they each have a dream. We have two dreams. So another two dream. That's just like Joseph had two dreams. Now we have two dreams again. And we have one dream where the cupbearer is going to be reinstated. And the chief baker, eh, he 
he's not going to be reinstated. We'll say it that way, okay? So we have two different kinds of dreams. And what I love is that when they come to Joseph with their dreams, look at this. In, in chapter 40, right, Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? So Genesis 40, we see Joseph kind of not just looking at his own dreams and trying to interpret them anymore for himself. We see him turning his dream completely over to God. Do not interpretations belong to God. He has completely changed. And from the, the season of being in a pit and being down in winter, down in prison, we now see a brand new type of Joseph who is giving over everything and saying, these belong to the Lord. Even my interpretations, even my feelings, they belong then to the Lord. And so he gives them this interpretation. It comes true, right? So he hears them, the, gives them the interpretation. It comes true. And, you know, he, he tells, hey, hey, just remember me to Pharaoh if they come true. And he doesn't, right? He forgets. But then the cupbearer, as he's listening to Pharaoh, who has... Two dreams, right? And so he has these two dreams and about cows and um, seven years. And basically, the, you know, Joseph is able to interpret it. He's able to hear the dream and then interpret that dream and say, okay, well, it means we're going to have seven years of plenty and then seven years of uh, kind of famine. So we need to take care of these kind of seven years. We need to make sure we're saving all of everything we have, right? But before he interprets that dream, I love this, right? Before he interprets that dream, he says to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires, right? So before he even interprets it, he says and turns it over to God. We're seeing a new Joseph. And what I find interesting is, you know, even if we look back at before he's brought up to Pharaoh, there's this moment when he's, when he's brought, just before he's brought before, they take him aside and they're like, okay, we're going to give you time to shave and change clothes, right? And so we see him. I love this. This is in Genesis 41, uh, 14. It says, when he had shaved and changed his clothes. I Meaning they, they took him aside so he could change and so that he could then shave his beard, right? It's probably massive, right? He's been in prison, right? It's massive beard. But he shaves it, right? Like, I, I think this is funny myself because I do this every now and then. Like, if I'm in a season and I'm, like, praying for God to do something, I will grow my beard out. And I'll then, like, when God answers the prayer, then I'll just, like, shave it off. And I'm like, I'm a new person. Like, it's a new feeling, right? Like, like if you've ever done it, like, if you've grown it out and shaved it, you're like, I'm brand new, right? Maybe you've done this with a haircut, right? Like, you've shaved it, like, off. And you're like, oh, I'm a brand new person. Or a new outfit, right? You're like, I'm brand new, right? Anyway, sorry, I, I digress. But Joseph, right, he shaves, changes, he's new. He's coming out of this season of brokenness and loneliness and going into a season of spring. We're coming out of winter. We're moving into spring, almost like a season of renewed hope. You know, he's seeing things, beginning to see things differently than he had before. And so Pharaoh then, as he figures out that this man has this dream, 
This man right here is the one that I want to put in charge of everything. He says to, to Joseph, right, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? One in whom is the spirit of God? Just fun little Bible trivia stuff right here. This word spirit hasn't appeared since Genesis 6. So we've gone from 6 all the way to 41 without the word spirit within it. That word spirit right there. And it's, it's interesting to me um, because that word spirit was last appeared in Genesis 6 when the spirit was with the animals in Noah as they got into the ark, as they're saving a remnant of Israel before it's passing away, right? Before the deconstruction, right? But now we see a famine coming, and Joseph, the Spirit of God, is on him in order to save the Egyptians as well as a remnant of Israel, the 12 tribes, right? He saves them as well, right? So we see the connection here, and, you know, that's just like what we see in Noah with six, uh, with, with Genesis 6, right? It's, it's kind of going through that, and we see lots of different things happening. But in both of the dream scenarios and in all of this, we see Joseph giving it over to the Lord, knowing that the Spirit of the Lord is on him. So Joseph saves, you know, he does this, that he does the work, right? He saves all the goods, he saves all the provisions, he saves all the stuff. He becomes the disaster relief man, right? Like there's a disaster coming. Like he, uh, he it says even like he stopped counting after so many years of plenty. He just even stopped measuring. Like it was beyond measure what they had been receiving during this time. And he's saving all of it, right? And, and we're watching as God is taking care of it all for, for Joseph and for all of them, right? So it comes to a point, though, that the famine then starts and things start turning around and people start having to come to them to receive food. And that includes then Jacob and his sons. And so they get to a point, the famine is so bad that they have to then go to Egypt. So let, let me just make sure we've got this, right? So the Israelites, right, the, the 12 brothers, they have to go to Egypt. They have to go from the promised land that, G, that God is talking about to down to Egypt, right? We've seen that before, right? Abraham, there was a famine in the land and Abraham had to go down to Egypt. We've seen this. It's, it's again, patterns that we see in the Bible. It's important that as we see the pattern, we recognize it and understand what is God doing this time? How is God going to be faithful this time? How are we going to see God pull them through it this time? And so we see the, the brothers, they go down to Egypt, right? And Joseph, he's like, hey, but they don't recognize him at all. They're like, oh, so they don't recognize who Joseph is. And as Joseph's looking at them, he notices that Benjamin is not with them. He's like, oh, I want to see my brother. And, and Benjamin is his brother, meaning like his, uh, Rachel's other son. And so this is his true brother. He wants to see his brother, but he's not with him. And so he's like, okay, well, here's some food. You know, he gives him the food and gives him the money back, right? And he says, but I want to see the other brother. So when you come back, if you want food again, you're going to need to bring your other brother. And so he sends them on their way. There's, there's a lot there. But 
finally it comes to a point where they, they do need to come back, right? And, and as Joseph is looking at them, he's noticing that they're in this season of everything is falling apart. Everything is going wrong, right? The famine has is, is come, and the season for them is everything is going wrong, where for Joseph the season is spring and almost back to summer for him, right? And, and it, it kind of makes me think, hey, you know what? That's kind of like all of us. We're all in different seasons. You know, it makes me think about, in like in music, you know how there's a round um, you know how like row, row, row your boat, row, row, row your boat, gently, you know, like two people are singing at the same time or four people are singing at the same time and it's really cool because they're all saying different words, right? You know what I'm talking about, okay? We all had to endure that in middle school, right? So, you know, with that, it's kind of like all of us are singing a different part in the song. We're all in a different space and in a different part of the round. And so as Joseph is looking at his brothers, he's realizing, man, they are falling apart and they're going to hit a pit. They're going to hit the winter. They're going to get there. But are they still going to be the same brothers that were that treated me differently? Are they going to be the same kind of brothers? Have they changed at all throughout all of it? Are they going to treat Benjamin now differently? Because I'm sure Benjamin is the favorite son. That's why he didn't come, right? Like he's, he's thinking through these things and he even starts to test them, right? He puts Simeon in prison, right? And so like he puts him in the same situation he was down in the pit. And so it comes to the point that he's done all these kind of tests to kind of get to them and, 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 and kind of getting to them back to, to Egypt. But there's this moment that I love. And it's, it's in Genesis 43. And they have to go back to, to Egypt for more food. They're, they're starving. And they've left Simeon there. They might as well go get him, right? He's his brother, right? So the, they, they've left him there. And they go back. But they have to, they have to take Benjamin with them. And what I love is, is, is there's this moment right here. It says, um, then Judah said to Israel, his father, send the boy along with, and, and we will go at once so that we, you, we and you and your children uh, may live and not die. I myself will guarantee his safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him here before you, I will bear the blame before you. It's interesting that it's Judah. Judah is the, and, and he'll have his blessing here in a minute, but Judah is the line of kings. From Judah will come David. From David will come Jesus. And it's so interesting that at this moment, Judah is willing to sacrifice himself for the life of Benjamin, for the life of everyone, for the life of all of his 11 brothers, for for his, his father, for everyone. He's willing to sacrifice himself for that. He's willing to take the blame. It's so interesting that at this season, right, as they're down in this pit, as they're down in the winter time, things are not going well. He's willing to then still be sacrificial. He's still willing to be the person to sacrifice for everyone else. This is the line of Judah. It, it makes me think of a story of, of my boys. And so uh, this last two weeks or so, um, Ezra had gotten sick. 
And they have been doing running club and loving running club. And so they have been trying to get to 25 miles, which is a lot of miles, y'all. Okay, I've been trying to run it with them. I think I might have made it. I don't know. But it's a lot of miles, right? So once a week, they've been trying to run two to three miles after school. And they, they, they did it week in and week out. And it finally got to where it was like going to be the last one, right? And Ezra was three miles away from being like done with 25. And so he was like, on Monday, he was like, yes, I am going to run my three miles. He was like preparing his mind I don't know if we didn't really want to run, but he was preparing his mind for running three miles after school because he was like, I'm getting that reward at the end. I'm going to do it, right? And so Tuesday rolls around, and he has a fever, and he kind of doesn't feel good. And so we're like, ah, he can't go to school on Wednesday. Wednesday's running club. And so we're like, hey, buddy, you can't go to school tomorrow. And he's like, okay. And then we're like, that means you're going to miss running club. And he's like, no, I'm going to school. I'm going to make this fever go away, right? You guys do that, right? You're like, I'm going to put gold packs. I'm going to, like, I'm going to do everything I can to make this fever go away, right? But it, it's not going to. It's, he's, he's got to miss school, right? And so he misses it. We go to the doctor. Um, and we didn't know this at the time, but Graham, he had decided that day he went to running club after school and he ran three miles. And then he went to the teacher afterwards and he said, hey, can my three miles today go towards my brother? And sacrificing his time and energy for someone else. And I have to wonder if we are willing to do that. To say, hey, when we're down, are we still willing to sacrifice for another person? Are we still willing to do that type of sacrifice when things happen? You know, and eventually the seasons pan out, right? We see that uh, Joseph gets into a season of, of prosperity in summer again. We see the, the brothers also then get brought to Egypt. And, and when I say prosperity, I am not meaning money, y'all. I am meaning simply things are going right, <laughs> And I know that sometimes that's hard too, right? Uh, the, when, the, you know, your car hasn't had an engine light on for a month. That's, that's when things are going right, all right? Or when, like, that's a win. Or like, hey, there was money in the bank this week for all of our groceries and all the fun. You know, like, those are wins, right? Those are moments of prosperity, right? Those are moments when your things are going good. Things are going well, right? The family didn't fight all week, right? Like, those are wins, right? Those are prosperity times, right? Um, and, and that's what I mean by that. Not necessarily money, because it's not all about money, for them. So it's times of prosperity, times when things are going right. But, you know, we don't always see it when it's happening. You know, we can look at these seasons and be like, okay, yeah, it says in here that, that, that the Lord was with Joseph. But I can imagine that as he's sitting in that prison, as he's sitting in the pit, he's probably thinking to himself, Lord, are you with me? Right? Like, like he's He's having some hard times, right? He's down in the season. But as he can look back at it all, he can begin to see how the Lord was with him through it all. I mean, he even has that conversation with the brothers. He's like, hey, you guys, you guys meant this for evil, but I mean, I, we were able to do something here. God wanted me here at this time, right? And it's when you kind of step back away after the season has passed. 
then you can begin to see how God is with you in your season, how he was with you then, and he's continuing to be with you now. So there's this, this time at the very end of Joseph's story. And Jacob has passed away, and the brothers are like, hey, uh, man, what we did to Joseph was just, it's still weighing on them, right? And so he even, they go to him, and they're like, hey, man, we, we just want to talk about it all, you know, like, and you can kind of see that they're not doing well with it. And so Joseph says to them, and this is, this is one of my favorite parts, Joseph, uh, in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you intended to harm me, but God. I love that, but God, right there. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So when the season is done, we can look back and say, yeah, there's times when I might have intended something for harm. Or something happened, I might have gotten the way. My feelings got in the way. But God intended it for good. God's going to work it out for good. In all the ways that we get in the way, all the things that we may not even be able to see, but God intends for good, and God's going to get us through it because he's going to be with us. You know, I go back to that first Samuel and what we're studying with the seasons and thinking through that, you know, we're moving from Eli to Samuel, and then eventually they're the people, Israelites, they're like, we don't want you, Samuel, anymore. We want a king. Some of you have read ahead in 1 Samuel, you know where I'm going, right? Like, they want a king, right? But they don't know that that's not going to be good. That's not going to turn out the way they think it's going to turn out. They're just doing a little bit of comparison. That's not going to be what they need to happen. They intended it for harm. But God's got something good. But God's going to do something good. But God's going to be with them in that moment. And so as, as we close today, as we start reflecting, you know, Joseph's story. There's so many times when he was on, on a high and then got brought low. And then it goes back. What, I'm, what, I, what I want to tell you is that whatever season you're in, whether you're in a season like Joseph, you can say, that's just like what I've got going on. Or that's just like me. That's just like, as you begin to reflect, I want us to hear that God is with us. Just like God was with Joseph, God is with us. God is here with us. What we may get in the way and what we might intend is harm, God's going to intend for good. He's going to get us through because he's going to be with us in it. Will you pray with me? Lord, you are good. And we love you. Lord, you are with us. You are for us. You give us strength when we are down. Lord, as we look at every single pit, as we look at every single uh, prison where we feel trapped, where we feel lonely, where we feel broken, Lord, help us to see that it's a season and that you are going to work it out for your good and work it through so we can begin to see how you love us and you care for us. 
and that you're with us. There might be anyone in here who is going through a season. You might be going through a season right now. You might be saying, yeah, I am at a season of just, I'm broken, I'm lonely, I'm tired, I just don't know where to turn. Everything seems to be falling apart. I'm right there in that pit. I'm right there in that prison. Lord, give us hope. Help us to see that we can get through the season with you, that you're working it out. If that's you and you've got a season going on that you don't even know what to say, you don't even, you just want somebody to talk to, we're here. There will be a team from the next steps that is here, ready to talk. You just come forward and someone from the team will meet you right where you are. In any season, we are right here for you to talk through that. And know that God is with you. God is right here with you in your season.